steal some comments from you. You bet.
morning once in the name of Jesus Christ. Today is the second Sunday after Easter. Our sermon text this morning is going to be on our Old Testament lesson from the 62nd chapter of Isaiah. So if you have your Bibles, you might want to mark it there as we go back in time and see what Isaiah has to say about 2022. As always, we pray and hope that uh, as we, we hear God's word through the, the music, or the hymns and our songs we sing, through our liturgy, uh, through the sermon, and most certainly through the body and blood of Jesus Christ, that your faith is strengthened, and any healing that you need also takes place. Let's begin with our opening song, Be Thou My Oh 
Holy Spirit. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. Let us then confess our sins to God our Father. Most merciful God, we confess that we are by nature sinful and unclean. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed, by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We justly deserve your presence. Whoa. 
understanding. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord have mercy. For our salvation from Christ, the Prince of Peace, for the proclamation of the gospel and the calling of all to faith, let us pray to the Lord. Lord have mercy. For the Holy Christian Church, for we have seen your salvation that you have prepared in the presence of all people, let us pray to the Lord. Lord have mercy. Help, save, comfort, and defend us, gracious Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Let us pray. Almighty and everlasting God, who governs all things in heaven and on earth, mercifully hear the prayers of your people and grant us your peace through all our days. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, for one God, now and forever.
Oh, the Gospel according to St. John, the second chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. On the third day, there was a wedding at Cana in Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. Jesus also was invited to the wedding with his disciples. When the wine ran out, the mother of Jesus said to him, They have no wine. And Jesus said to her, Woman, what does this have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, Do whatever he tells you. Now there were six stone water jars there for the Jewish rite of purification, each holding twenty or thirty gallons. Jesus said to the servants, Fill the jars with water. And they filled them up to the brim. And he said to them, Now draw some out, and take it to the master of the feast. So they took it. And the master of the feast tasted the water, now become wine, and did not know where it came from, though the servants who had drawn the water knew. The master of the feast called the bridegroom and said to him, Everyone serves the good wine first. And when the people have drunk freely, then the poor wine. But you have kept the good wine until now. This is the first of his signs Jesus did at Canaan in Galilee and manifested his glory. And his disciples believed in him. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. <clears throat> Tom Brady has cool elbows? <laughs> well, 
You, you know, they are kind of sharp, aren't they? It's, okay. Great job, Jeremy. Half of Jeremy did a great job, huh? So, how well did I listen to Jeremy? Not good and not well at all. He's so right. How did he not get Tom Brady out of pastor, right? I have no clue how that is. So, did you guys ever get a compliment or give a compliment? You know what a compliment is? And it's to tell somebody that they do something that you like or they do that is good, right? So, have you ever got a compliment? Maybe? <laughs> you are the best silent group I've ever had. Right? So there's a compliment, right? Um, now remember, your parents can say, good, when you get home today and want you to be silent, they'll say, remember in church. So, um, have you ever gave a compliment and the person didn't kind of like need to hear it? Or they didn't acknowledge it? So why do you think that's so? you got to talk now. You don't know, okay, I'll take the show shoulders. But how, what did I not do? Yeah, I didn't listen to him, did I? I got busy doing all my own things, so often we get very, very busy. And that's a lot like us and God. It's just so, God tells us a whole bunch of things. God tells us that we're here in the Old Testament that He loves us. And He gives us all these different ways. And it's like we never hear that. Because we go off to do, you know, I want somebody to tell me I have great sharp nose. Right? And, and I still didn't hear it. Because I was too busy to have things. And so we don't, we don't get to hear God sometimes. So, it's a... Uh, you guys, if you guys go over to the, to the Sunday school today, listen carefully to, to what they share with you. Because they're going to share God with you. They're going to share Jesus with you. And guess what? Those are all of them too. Shh. Go ahead and Alright, let's pray. And you guys repeat after me, okay? Dear God, thank you for loving us. Thank you for loving us. And caring for us. And delighting in us. Thank you for telling us. Even when we're not listening, help us to listen better. So that we can better receive. And then better share. Your love, your care, and your joy. In Jesus' name.
tongues from the Old Testament lesson, the prophet Isaiah, chapter 62, verses 1 to 5. Grace, peace, and mercy from God our Father, and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. So have you ever been to a downtown that has seen better days? I think most of us have. You know, where once there was people and tons of activity, and there was nothing but broken glass and litter. Banks and stores have moved to the suburbs, leaving behind grand brick buildings that have become campuses to those who still live downtown and their graffiti. It's not just depressing to go through such desolate place. It can be dangerous. But then the developers move in, enticed by low taxes, and before you know it, empty warehouses turn into expansive loft apartments. Crackled sidewalks are repaired, and flowers are planted, and even umbrellas hang on the ceiling. Restaurants and galleries open in, in those brick buildings, secured by clean, cleaning up all the graffiti. We've seen some of this happen we in the revitalized place in the downtown Ray. Bust the umbrellas if you haven't seen them. You need to go walk downtown. Um, what was desolate is now a delight again to the inhabitants and visitors. Well, the prophet Isaiah uses that kind of imagery to describe God's plan for us. He says, from desolate to delight. And he, the, the Lord, he says, will glorify the church and he won't sit still until it is done. Nor should we sit still until it is done. Prophet Isaiah lived, lived roughly 2,700 plus years ago and was writing to a nation that had once been glorious. But because they had rejected God's word, their land had become desolate. Cities were burning and fields stripped bare of invading foreigners. You can check that out in the first chapter of Isaiah. It wasn't an outright idolatry that caused all this. The Israelites simply continued to observe their Sabbath and offer their daily sacrifices, but none of that was pleasing to God because it was hypocritical. Their church worship didn't carry over to the rest of their lives. They came to the temple to seek God's mercy, to seek His forgiveness, but were themselves unmerciful and unforgiving to one another. That's still just the first chapter of Isaiah. Do you find that kind of disconnect in your life? Do you find it easy to hold the door open for others on Sunday morning here at church, but in your rush to get in and out of Winco or Costco or Holiday Market or Walmart, you aren't too eager to hold the door for that horde of teenagers who probably won't say thank you to you anyway? Do you put on a good show of being patient with your children in church? But it's often a different story at home. Are you a different person when you change out of your church clothes? It's okay to admit that you do. In fact, if you don't struggle, you're either perfect or you become comfortable with hypocrisy. 
and don't see anything wrong with striving to be godly for only a couple hours every week when you're at church. But here's the thing. God doesn't just want you and me to be obedient on Sundays. He wants us to do the right things all the time. And in every single circumstance that we're in. That means to be patient with our children, even when we're hungry or tired. It means being encouraging to your pastor, even when I don't pick your right hymn or song. It means being considerate all the time. And here's the really depressing part of the sermon. You thought you were really depressed, but it's going to get worse. You and I can strive to be good at all we want, but we're never going to impress God. In fact, the prophet Isaiah said that our best efforts to be good are like filthy rags in God's eyes. That's chapter 64, verse 6. And why? Because even when I manage to do something good, I've had to first usually talk myself into it. And the reason I decided to do it was right, that it was to do what the right thing was, is because I knew it would make me feel good and make me look good. Do you see how self-centered we can all be if you follow that line of thought? Try as you and I might. We can get rid of our self-centeredness anymore. We can't anymore than a zebra can get rid of its stripes. It was that same self-centeredness that was causing all the problems in Israel during Isaiah's day. A nation that had once been a delight was fast becoming desolate. Like Sodom and Gomorrah. Two cities God destroyed with fire and brimstone. But this isn't what God wanted for Israel. He really doesn't get a kick out of punishing sinners. And so God said he was going to take matters into his own hands. First verse of chapter 62 says, For Zion's sake I will not keep silent. For Jerusalem's sake I will not remain quiet. Till her righteousness shines out like the dawn, her salvation like a blazing torch. The people in the land of Israel may have been desolate, but God was going to make them a delight. He promised not to sit still until Israel's salvation. The salvation of the word, for that matter, was accomplished. And so God eagerly kept the family line of David going so that the Savior could be born. Just as he had said it would from David's line. And the Savior himself, Jesus, did not sit still until he had accomplished what he came to do. It would have been easy for Jesus to give up and to simply go home. After all, his, even his own allies and disciples weren't exactly the best encouragers. They were slow to understand what Jesus taught them, and then when he needed their support the most, you remember what they did? They ran off away from him. Yet Jesus stuck to his plan. The plan of salvation that took him to the cross where he shed his blood. Blood that has cleansed you and me from our sins like bleak bleach making the filthiest rag clean. 
not to think of ourselves as an old rag that has been cleaned up. Listen to how God describes us in verse 3 of our text. He says, You will be a crown of splendor in the Lord's hand, a royal diadem in the hand of your God. Because, because of the blood of Jesus, you and I are God's crown. To Him, we are the best thing He's ever created. We are more glorious than the mountains and more majestic than the oceans. Although God says that we are His crown, we don't often feel that way, do we? When we look at ourselves in the mirror in the morning, or at least when I do, we probably look more like a construction hat, all grimy and dented. And that's how the world sees Christians too. After all, there doesn't seem to be any special benefit to being a believer, does there? Your paycheck doesn't usually increase, nor do health problems disappear when you confess your faith in Jesus. But here's the thing. God hasn't stopped working for you and for me and for this world, even though He has already given us forgiveness. He won't sit still until everyone sees how glorious we are. Isaiah said in verse 2 of our text, Nations will see your righteousness and all kings your glory. I suppose you could say that we're like a building in the middle of a makeover. The insides and renovations are all done. But there's still a lot of work to be done on the outside. It needs to be finished. And that work won't be complete, or at least it won't be revealed until Judgment Day. Only then will the scaffolding come down and the tarps removed so that the unbelieving world, which mocked the church and marginalized it, will gasp in amazement at our beauty and our glory. God will not rest until that is accomplished. Even at this very moment, He is working to bring this day about. He's working on your heart and mind to create or strengthen our faith in His Son. For only when all of the elect have been converted with the trump, will the trumpet sound announcing that final day. To that end, you and I will not rest until the Lord glorifies the church. Isaiah said in the verses following our text, verses 6 and 7, he says, You who call on the Lord, give yourselves no rest, and give him no rest till he establishes Jerusalem and makes her the praise of the earth. Your calling and my calling in life is to tell others about Jesus and to give God no rest in regard to our prayers for those who still don't know their Savior. You see, this church is not a cruise ship. You have not called me to be captain and entertainment director to ensure that you all make it to heaven and have a good time on the way. The church is rather a lifeboat, and we're all crew members charged with pulling other swimmers aboard while piling this, this craft to heaven. So don't be content just simply show up for worship, satisfied that you have your ticket to heaven. What about your neighbor? What about your son or daughter? What about your grandchildren? Don't sit still. Get up 
and faithfully share the word as long as there is time before the Lord glorifies the word as long as there is time before the Lord glorifies his church. You and I will do this because we're not desolate, we're not broken, and we're not powerless. You and I are God's delight. Amen. Let us pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, we pray you fill us with your Holy Spirit so we indeed can respond to yours in choosing of us, making us your delight, share the good news of Jesus to others. In his precious name, amen. Let us rise and confess our faith in the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe.
Dave Chambers, who's back in church today and recovering from some illnesses. Lord, in your mercy. reverence and affection, we remember before you, Lord, all of our friends and relatives who have departed in faith. Keep us in the true faith that we may ever hold the sure hope of eternal life in the marriage feast that has no end. Lord, in your mercy. Hear our in your hands, O Lord, we commend all for whom we pray, trusting in your, your mercy. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give thanks and praise. It is truly good, right, and salutary that we should at all times and all places give thanks to you, Holy Lord, Almighty Father, everlasting God, through Jesus Christ our Lord. For what has been hidden from before the foundation of the world, you have made known to, to the nations. Your son, and him being found in the substance of our mortal nature, you have manifested the fullness of your glory. Therefore, with angels and archangels, and with all the company of heaven, you body magnify your glorious name, and we are praising you and saying. Father, and given us your body and blood to eat and to drink. 
You lead us to remember and confess your holy cross and passion, your blessed death, your rest in the tomb, your resurrection from the dead, and your ascension into heaven. You're coming for the final judgment. So remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray.
Let us pray. We give thanks to you, Almighty God, that you have refreshed us through the solitary gift. And we implore you that of your mercy, you would strengthen us through the same in faith towards you and in fervent love toward one another. 
Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make His face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. Amen. We sing our closing hymn.
Amen. Please be seated. Do you have any announcements this morning? The uh, check off the uh, uh, director. Uh, thank you. This is my day as a kid to remind me of all the things I can't remember anymore. So as you leave today, um, go, to, go through the main doors, go to your right, check for your name on the uh, first directory, and if, if it's okay, say okay, kind of put an initial line. If it's not okay, make the changes on it. And uh, if you don't see a name on there, write it down, okay? And uh, so we can, if we want to edit up it, update our directory, and um, there are some changes too, we know that there are some names that somehow got missed out. So please do that way out. Also, um, tomorrow our, our school is closed, and the church office is, is closed for uh, Martin's Kingdom. Just so you know, if you come by, you should not see anybody here unless somebody's doing some work around here. Um, I'm back. Is that good? Or bad? <laughs> no, no, no Thank you for your, your, your prayers and all. And to answer the most common question, it was not COVID. I tested twice, both tests came up made. But uh, you might tell it's still hanging around a little bit. My voice, I think, has come from in and out. But thank you. Thank you for the prayers. I'm glad to be back. Miss you all. And uh, you have time for coffee. I can't believe long enough. Uh, you have time for coffee. And then Bible study uh, at uh, 1030. Next Sunday, um, during the Bible study, uh, our Lutheran Social Services of the North will be here. We encourage you to stay for that. They're going to share with us. Uh, you may remember that we, after a process, we, both St. James and us, um, invited and enticed and pushed those the social service of the North to come to Reading. Uh, it took a year process after that because they had to make inroads with the county and all that kind of stuff. But here they spent almost two years in that office as their headquarters up here. And then they moved um, up to Longbo next to Catholic Charities over there by the Marina. So they're going to be here next week to share with us all the work that they're doing with the homeless and how we can, can partner with them um, with the, the homeless of our community, which we know we have a pretty large uh, homeless community here. Their work up here has been predominantly with youth. The youth is 26 and under. And they have a partnership with a uh, school down on airport. Get the name changed. Uh, to help kids who, those 26 and under, who left school and don't have their degree to get their high school degree. It's part of the program, they house them as part of the program, all this stuff. So come next week, learn, come and listen to them during the Bible study. With that, let us go in peace and share the message of Jesus.